Good morning, North Church and friends. Pastor Mike here. I hope you are doing well and that with this Washington State stay-at-home order, you're staying connected with others in Zoom groups and if you're at home with your kids, maybe even trying to make some good memories in this kind of crazy time that we're in. I mean, remember, we're all in this together and we need each other. And we need God's leadership. We need his peace and even the lessons that he's going to be teaching us during this crisis in our, in our nation and in our lives. I mean, we have an opportunity right now, even through the testing of our faith, that we are going to learn some things. I mean, I look back in my own life over the past 58 years through those personal uh, crises and some of the national and global ones that I've lived through. And there are times when I go through it and I'm like, wow, I did really well through that. And there are other times I go through crises and I'm like, I screwed that one up. I just didn't trust God in the midst of this. And so I'm praying for you. I'm praying for myself that we would make through, we would navigate through this time and we would look back and we would go, I see where God was at work. I was able to lean into his grace. I trusted him. I didn't try and take control of the situation. And, uh, and then I believe we'll emerge from this uh, in a place that's stronger, where our faith is deeper, where we see lessons that God has taught us through all of it. God is not distant. He's not apathetic to our struggles, and he is not expecting us to just make it on our own. Jesus said, you will have trouble. Not might, but will. Jesus said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. God is calling us, he's speaking to us in the midst of this chaos to listen to his voice as a good shepherd and then to grow personally through it and to emerge stronger. Today, I wanna to look at Psalm 23. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalm 23. Verse one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Notice the focus of the psalm is not on me, but it's on the shepherd. It's on God. And, and worry causes me to just think about myself. It causes me to just kind of focus in on my problems and those negative feelings. Worry's never satisfied. It's never content. And it always exaggerates the problem. And what I need more than anything else is a new perspective, God's perspective, his way at looking at life and his way of looking at my problems, and the issues going on around us. Jesus said in John 10, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus Christ is that good shepherd because he laid down his life for you and for me on the cross. Verse two says this, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. A good shepherd sometimes makes his sheep lie down, makes them rest. We live in such a busy and a hurried state all of the time that this slowdown that we're experiencing is tough on many of us. I mean, I'm a doer, I like to get things done, I love to be around people, and this forced slowdown was not in my game plan. Maybe, you know, the shelter in place thing is difficult for you. And yet, quite possibly, God is making you to lie down making you to slow down, making you to rest. And that's a good thing. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34, don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live 
one day at a time. What a great goal that would be for us to not worry about tomorrow. Today is the tomorrow you worried so much about yesterday. When you worry, you don't do anything about yesterday. You can't control tomorrow. You just mess up today. So Jesus said, live one day at a time. And then verse 3, Psalm 23 says, he restores my soul. David said, he restores my soul. These words are some of the most precious in this entire psalm. We are prone to wander away from the green pastures and the quiet waters. And we, and we all experience those fears and anxieties and the hurry that creates this thirst in our soul. And David knew that was so easy to happen. Sheep wander off the path. And it's easy for me, it's easy for us to wander off of God's path. Restore means to bring back to health, to revive. And our God is a God who specializes in restoration. And when he restores our soul, the soul speaks of the whole person, that inner life and our need of spiritual health and renewal. To restore the soul is when God takes this exhausted, wearied, troubled, anxious soul and he breathes fresh new life into it. And that's what God wants to do in you this morning. David prays in Psalm 42. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Do you have a cast down soul? David's using this term that a shepherd would understand. Matter of fact, Philip Keller in his book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, he explains the seriousness of a cast down sheep. It's a position that sheep can get themselves into, but they can't get themselves out of. Sheep are built in such a way that if they fall over onto their side and then onto their back with their legs sticking straight up in the air, it's a position they can't get out of. It's a position called a cast down sheep. It's frightening when a sheep falls down, gets on their side, gets on their back, it starts kicking and flailing and bleeding in the air, crying out, knowing that they're vulnerable to attack. And yet in this crazy time, some of us might actually feel that way. Maybe you've lost your job, wondering, man, will it be there for me when all of this kind of clears up? When sheep lay on their back, gas begins to collect in their stomach. Now, I'm not calling you gassy, but for sheep laying on their back, the gas causes their stomach to harden. It cuts off the air passage and they can suffocate. Not only that, their legs go numb in that position, and on a hot day, a sheep in a cast-down position can die in just a matter of hours. They can't do anything about it. They need a shepherd to restore their soul. The first thing the shepherd does is he lovingly massages the four legs to get some circulation back in, in, into their legs. And then he begins to talk in a reassuring tone to them, you're going to make it. And then he gently turns the sheep over and he puts them right side up and he holds them there while their feet are wobbly. And then as the sheep begin to kind of restore equilibrium and their blood begins to flow back into their legs and they get, regain stability, then the shepherd realizes he can let them go. What a great picture that is of what God wants to do for you. When you're on your back, and you're flailing around and you're exhausted and you're overwhelmed and you're thinking, man, I, I'm vulnerable to attack. And in that position, the Lord is your shepherd. 
He lovingly comes with reassuring words, tender hands. He picks up his little lamb and he sets him straight. He gets them on their feet until they have their stability back. Jesus Christ wants to restore your soul. And if you've been cast down, he's the only one who can help you get back on your feet. He's the one that restores our soul and restores our confidence and our joy and our strength. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. At verse 4 in Psalm 23, there's this strategic change in the language. In the first part of the psalm, all the pronouns are in the third person. He talks about God. For example, he says, he leads me beside quiet waters. He guides me into green pastures. He restores my soul. David is talking about God. But when he gets into the valley, it changes to the second person pronouns. He starts talking not about God, but he talks to God. It gets really personal. He says, you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You see, when we hit the valleys of life, that's when our relationship with God has the greatest opportunity to grow deep. He's right there with you. Verse 5, David said, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. What a picture that there's this table set in the midst of enemies, in the midst of stress and chaos and crisis. And God says, my peace is right there with you, like an overflowing cup. I mean, I want to encourage you every time you have a meal with your family and you're at your table, maybe take a little extra time with your kids or with your spouse and just pray and thank God for his presence, for his peace, for his protection. Pray for others that are hurting right now. And let's teach our kids that God is our shepherd. He's the one that will see us through this, not just some government bailout. The final verse, verse 6. David, as he concludes this psalm, is not worried or fearful about the future. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's confident. Surely, definitely, absolutely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. How do you get that kind of confidence? God is watching over you. Surely, he said, goodness and mercy will follow me. Because why? Because God is good. God is good, and we can expect his goodness to follow us into our future as well. God is a good God. And he's saying, goodness will follow me, meaning God's goodness is following you around. It's not only in your present, but it'll be in your future. He's also saying grace is working in you. Not only goodness will follow, but what? Mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And when you understand God's grace and his mercy, that there's nothing I can do to merit God's love, his grace is just given as a free gift. His mercy forgives my sins, all of my mistakes and my faults, so I don't have to fear about my future. Mercy means when I'm going through a, a tough time or a valley or a difficulty, even one that I've brought on myself, we can come before God and it says we can come before his throne and receive grace 
and mercy and help in our time of need. You'll never have to face one day without God's goodness and mercy when you give your life to Jesus Christ. He'll be with you all of the time. Now, some days you won't feel it, but surely, certainly, absolutely, without a doubt, God's goodness and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life. And he said, David said this, I love this, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, meaning heaven is waiting for me. David ends this psalm by saying, we're going to heaven. Jesus saves the best until last. With God, things just get better and better. The best is yet to come. We're going to be released at some point from this pain and sorrow, from the suffering, from the depression. I love Revelation 21.4. It says, He will wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. All of that gone forever. Doesn't that make you just a little bit homesick for heaven? Jesus said in John 10, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. No one can snatch them out of my hand. As I looked at Psalm 23, I would just summarize it like this for us. If I know the shepherd, I don't have to fear anything. I don't need to fear poverty because the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I don't need to fear loneliness for he is with me. I don't need to fear mistakes for he guides me in the right paths. I don't need to fear failure, for he restores my soul. I don't need to fear the future, because goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. And I don't need to fear death, because I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is beneath you in green pastures. He is beside you in still waters. He is with you in the valley. He is around you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil, and he's leading you into right paths. He's behind you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you know where you're going because you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What more could you want? What more would we ever need? It covers it all. Jesus is all that you need. He is the good shepherd. And so I want to invite you right now to pray with me. And let's just pray and ask God for his power and protection. God, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. We thank you, God, that you are the one that goes before us, that you set a table in the midst of our enemies. God, that you are mighty and powerful. And Lord, when we get overwhelmed with information, overwhelmed with processing, how is this affecting my life? Trying to adjust to a new normal. Lord, will you restore our soul. Would you say that right now and just ask God, Lord, restore my soul. Maybe you're here and you're watching or you're sitting there in your living room and you've never really asked Jesus to be your Lord, your shepherd. And I want to invite you to do that right now. It's very simple. Just say, Jesus, I accept your grace and your mercy that you gave to me when you died on the cross paying for my sins, taking care of my past, giving me abundant life right now, and then ensuring a place for me in heaven. I invite you in. I'm saying yes to you today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, before you get up and move on with your day, I want to invite you just to pause, just to stay there for a moment and worship with us during this next song.